Pixar movies I've seen. Shrek. <laughs> the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> hey man, Prince of Egypt and Road to El Dorado, man. Those are uh some some good flicks. No! podcast about all things geeky and possibly dorky he is travis hey and i'm justin and together we're just a couple of nerds couple of nerds <laughs> all right we're good all right man so uh we both got our coffee in us yep i woke right. up late yeah, some of us have been up since about <laughs> nine thirty this morning some of us have been asleep since uh Eight o'clock this morning. Yeah, I actually ate a bowl of cereal. Um, nice. What kind? So I don't know what it is because my roommate puts it in like a Ziploc bag. It's like I'm pretty sure it's Golden Grams, but it looks like it looks like that honey cereal, not honeycomb. I don't remember. Honey what it Smacks. Is. Yeah, but it tastes like cinnamon toast crunch. So I'm just like I don't know what this is. Got to be some type of off-brand cereal, because I feel like Golden Grams is hard to mistake for something else. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this looks like that, that honey crisp or whatever. I don't know. But uh, then I tasted it and was like, this is literally Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Weird. Uh, so yeah, I ate cereal, had some coffee. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, is that that's General Mills, right? I think so. They have not missed because they had, they had cinnamon toast crunch. They had a sugar cookie crunch. They had a bunch of different ones. The French toast crunch. Yeah, they are. Gen- it is General Mills. Yeah, they they haven't missed, but none of them match. Just good old fashioned cinnamon toast crunch. I didn't even realize they had. I knew they had French toast crunch, but they got uh. Blueberry Toast Crunch. They got Apple Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Strawberry Toast Crunch. That's weird. I haven't seen any of those. The only other ones I've seen... um, I've seen the Churro Toast Crunch and the Sugar Cookie Toast Crunch. They had that out around Christmas time. Do you like Kix? Uh, no. Alright, so Kix is alright, but there's a knockoff brand... Uh, called Gorilla Munch, which is an organic uh, cereal, and it has, like, a like every box you buy is supposed to be, like, some of the proceeds go to help uh, gorillas in the wild, like, uh, in Africa. And uh, But the box is so good. It was, it was the reason why I bought it initially. It's just got this, this gorilla. It's like a painting of a gorilla. Just looking at this cereal. <laughs> it's so good. You gotta look it up. What's uh what's your all time favorite cereal? 
You know, this is kind of a boring answer, but Honey Bunches of Oats, that's up there, I think. Okay, my my answer is kind of boring too, so I have a backup answer that's less boring, but my boring answer is Frosted Mini Wheats. That's a good cereal. I've loved those since I was a kid. I think uh, my non-boring one is probably Cocoa Pebbles. Okay, so <laughs> our friendship is going to keep getting tested <laughs> doing this show, okay? Because I'm a Cocoa Crispy guy. I think Cocoa Pebbles can still take a walk. I have no opinion either. <laughs> I don't have a preferred either way. I have a very strong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Pebbles are disgusting. No, but I like the Fruity Pebbles, though. That's funny because I don't like the Fruity Pebbles. Hmm. Until very recently, I was I didn't I didn't fuck with those. But recently, like within the last few years, I like have had some and have you know changed my mind a little bit. Yeah, I yeah I like the Fruity Pebbles a lot, but I don't know. It's something about the Cocoa Pebbles that, pun intended, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. What about uh What about Cocoa Pops? You ever have that? No. It's got a really good, uh, oh, that's a UK brand cereal. Anything Cocoa, if it's not Krispies, um, no. Hey, Cocoa Pops provides 50% of your daily vitamin D needs. So all you need to do so? is, is go outside for the rest of the day. All you gotta do is eat one bowl of Cocoa Pops. And then you go outside, and then that's it. Well, I'm not eating cereal for the nutrition or the... <laughs> vitamins or whatever <laughs> oh actually you know what my favorite cereal is okay and this is a this is a boring answer it's uh honey nut cheerios that one's like universally liked by everyone i don't think i've ever met anyone that hasn't like honey nut cheerios it's just real good i don't know i don't know what they do i listen to this podcast called the taste buds podcast yeah um uh, where they uh debate two different foods and one of them I forget the specific episode, but they were talking about Honey Nut Cheerios. They were talking about how, um, obviously, it's not the original. The regular Cheerios is the original. But the sequel is better. Uh-huh. And it's probably the, the only case in, in terms of cereal. Yeah. Well, no, actually, no. I take that back. I take that back. It can't be because oh, yeah, Rice Krispies. Cocoa. Rice Krispies, yeah. Rice Krispies came out first. And then Cocoa Krispies. Cocoa Krispies. So I, I just uh, contradicted myself again. Wow, you're a liar. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> by the end of this episode, our one listener is going to hate me. <laughs> yeah, well, our other listener already doesn't like me because I made fun of him for buying that Wii U Breath of the Wild. So... <laughs> He's like, I don't know why I still listen to this. Yeah. You know what cereal I really liked as a kid that I, I don't like anymore? Huh? Apple Jacks. Yeah, that always leaves a bad taste in my mouth, like an aftertaste. Soda, soda's uh, Fruit Loops. I cannot eat those anymore. Another one is Crunch Berries. Ugh, dude. Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries, that whole brand can just frig off. That stuff tears the roof of my mouth up. It has a bad aftertaste to me, and I'm just like, I, I'm not good at this. Listen, I'm I'm sorry you don't know how to chew your cereal correctly, but... 
I, chew. No, it does though. It, it does. It, it does rip your mouth apart. Chew. It does. <laughs> I just swallow it. <laughs> just, oh, oh God. I love cereal and I love pain. Uh, I, I try not to eat cereal anymore. Yeah, I don't. Necess- I don't really eat cereal all that all that often. There, there's something unflattering about an adult man eating a big old bowl of cereal. No nah, man, I'll, in- I'll indulge. No nah, man, sometimes you just gotta eat a bowl of cereal. Gotta have your bowl. Gotta have cereal. <laughs> Every time I eat cereal, I think about that stupid fucking song, the Rebecca Black Friday song. Friday, Friday. But specifically that line, gotta have my bowl, gotta have cereal. Because that's like, that's like lyrical genius right there. Gotta have my bowl, gotta have cereal. I'm always like, ugh, that's so good. What what cereal have you ever tried once? Like you had one bowl and never had it again. Like that was all you needed to know you didn't like it and you <laughs> never wanted to have it again. I can't remember, I can't really remember a, uh, one that was like that, but yeah, I can't really think of one. I know I'm not a big fan of Cookie Crisp, and I think I've only eaten that once. I don't know, so I never had it as a kid because, like, literally the only cereal my parents would buy was uh, regular ass Cheerios and regular ass cornflakes. So like, I would just put sugar on it. So I didn't have Cookie Crisp until like early twenties, and then. I ate one bowl and was like, this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. But I guess that's like 10 years worth of uh, hype. I like to picture little kid Justin walking through the <laughs> supermarket with mom and dad and just looking at the cookie crisp box, salivating at Dude, the Dude, I did want cookies, uh, cookie crisp a lot. Like, those commercials were real good. It had the, uh, the, the wolf on it, I think. He's like, cookie crisp, and then he would eat some cookie crisp or something. You know what cereal I like and don't like is uh, Lucky Charms. I love the marshmallows in Lucky Charms. I hate the marshmallows. And I do not like the uh, actual cereal part of it. When I was a kid, so my parents used to buy those two, but then sometimes they would buy Lucky Charms. But it was always like the knockoff brand. I would, like, literally eat all of the cereal part first and then just have a bowl of marshmallows and just eat <laughs> and just eat that. <laughs> and little kid Justin was like, I wish I had a big bowl of marshmallows <laughs> instead of this dumb cereal. So, uh... so to give you my answer about the cereal that I tried one time and never had again because I hated it, it's, uh... Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs, whatever it's called. So, when I was a kid, I really, really liked the Peanut Butter Captain Crunch. That was probably my favorite. Or one, wasn't my. I had a lot of favorites. That was one of them. So I remember when the Reese's cereal first came out. The commercials for that were also really good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, asked my parents to get me a box, and they and they did, and it was disgusting. <laughs> Which is weird because I really love. The candy, just the you know Reese's peanut butter cup. Mm. Uh, those commercials were really cool too. It had the kid like dancing on the mm-hmm. ceiling or something like that. 
Yeah. Have a cool hip hop beat. Dude, I don't know how commercials are now for like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, but I wish we could just get the commercials from when we were kids, just like on regular network television, though. So there's people who actually on YouTube make like playlists of like 1980s commercials. They'll go like by year. I have watched the year 2000 commercial on YouTube the entire thing. It's like a it's like an hour and a half video of somebody just snipping together various commercials. When I watch that, it like like you talked about a few episodes ago about like unlocking <laughs> a memory being unlocked, yeah. That was like a, a, an overload of unlocking. <laughs> like I was like I can't do this <laughs> anymore. Just put me right back. <laughs> Yeah, I've uh, I've fallen down that wormhole a few times watching those old commercials. <sighs> All right, well, if you're still listening, if you're still listening, if you haven't if you haven't been turned off by us talking about cereal or commercials or Shrek or Shrek, yeah, or Shrek. Oh no, that was before. But speaking of Shrek, we're gonna be talking about an animation studio today, an Ameri- yeah. an American animation studio that is uh very very popular. It is none other than Pixar Animation Studios. Yep, Pixar. The famed computer animation studio, which provided us the very first computer animated feature film to ever exist. Did they really? Yep. And they were, like, responsible for a lot of the early, the earliest shorts, animated shorts as well. I'm not well-versed in, like, the history of animation in general, Mm-hmm. And specifically for Pixar, either. So I know you know a little bit about it. So if you wanna, if you wanna kind of school me a bit, yeah, if sure. You wanna, if you wanna learn me something, yeah, let me let me learn you. Yeah. So so they were the they made the first feature length computer generated animated film ever in Toy Story one. But it's funny their uh, their goal for this goes back way back to like nineteen seventy nine. They started out as a, uh, actually before that, 1974. They got their start when uh, New York Institute of Technology founder Alexander Schur, he owned a traditional animation studio. He established the Computer Graphics Lab, uh, and he recruited a bunch of people. A couple of those being uh, Alvy Ray Smith, uh, Edwin Catmull. So yeah, they were trying to make a computer animated movie in 1974, which is wild. Sure, kept pouring in money into this, and uh, eventually, because, you know, it's 1974, they basically realized that they were, like, years away from this, so they decided we should probably get into... We should probably get into film somehow so we can have more money and more connections to uh get this dream off the ground one member alvy ray smith had a meeting with uh francis ford coppola and george lucas about uh getting into the film industry and they actually got offered jobs from george lucas at his studio to make digital effects for lucas films so everyone except the the original guy alex alexander Schur. Everyone, a bunch of the other guys got offered these jobs, so eventually they all left him. 
in the they all left him in the dust, which is that's kind of shitty. Anyway, so they actually started working with uh, Lucasfilm, and you know they're they did some effects on uh, like Star Trek Two and uh, Young Sherlock Holmes, and then when George Lucas was getting divorced, his like assets were being tied up in courts and all that stuff, and uh, they were all worried that he was going to sell them off, so they started looking for other investors and figured out they should probably go uh, independent. Oh, during this time, during this move, they actually renamed themselves uh, the Graphics Group at Lucasfilm, and this is actually where they developed the uh, precursor to RenderMan, which is a which is a tool and that's it's basically the industry standard tool that uh for uh computer animated computer animation I should say anyway so they were like yeah we probably should find another investor so they were like they shopped around and got denied by like every single person they went to until Steve Jobs made an offer to George Lucas which he actually originally declined it was like he was gonna buy graphics group for like seven million dollars he thought it was worth much more so he declined it then they went out and got no one (laughs) and then they went back to steve jobs and he was like i'll give you five million and george lucas like all right so they got bought out by uh steve jobs and then during this time they also hired a little guy named john laster but uh more on that in a second so yeah they uh they got bought by Steve Jobs, and then, you know, they were still trying to work on making the first computer animated motion picture, but they were years away from it still. This is like 1986 when they got bought. But they were also, like, selling off hardware and software, which led them to work with Disney a lot, because they were, they were, they actually helped make animation easier there. They had this system called CAPS, which is a computer animation production system, which made animating way more, way less tedious instead of having to actually draw a lot of the uh, animation, you know, over and over and over again. They actually used, the first time they used it was on the Rescuers Down Under. So anyway, then, because of this relationship with Walt Disney, Disney approached them about making a movie which at this time it was like 1991 and so they were like i think we have the tools now to be able to make a computer animated movie and with disney backing them you know they had a shit ton of money and they were owned by steve jobs so anyway started working on a movie it's funny because when they were in development they would occasionally screen test for disney executives and disney executives would give them notes about what they should change so they would change it, and then they brought it back, and Disney was like, this is worse than what you brought us before. Like, what happened? And the team was like, we fo- literally followed your notes exactly as you wanted. And that's when they realized that they had to do things on their own. They couldn't, they couldn't rely on Disney. Because this is so unprecedented. Like, you can't go on the old ways when forging a new path. But anyway, a little guy named John Laster had been making uh, shorts for the company for a really long time. He actually is responsible for their logo, the lamp, in the beginning of the title card. That's Luxo Jr., uh, which was an animated short they did. So anyway, John Lasseter 
and a team of others wrote, directed what would become Toy Story. Toy Story premiered in 1995, and that's it. The company was set after that. Actually, it's funny, Steve Jobs, two or three days after Toy Story premiered, made Pixar a public company, and that's the reason why Steve Jobs became a billionaire, because of that. Like, I mean, he was rich before, but like a billionaire because he made Pixar a public company three days after Toy Story debuted in theaters. Yeah, so then, you know, Pixar became a really successful animation studio, and uh, eventually they got bought out. They were sold, I should say, to uh, Disney, because one of the executives, I think his name is Bob Iger, Robert Iger, Robert Iger realized that the only new creations that Disney had created, like characters-wise, had created in the last 10 years, were they were all Pixar. Like, the only ones that children actually want were, like, into and wanted to dress up as and see at the parks. They were all Disney or Pixar characters. Uh, so, yeah, they made a deal together, and that's it. That's all she wrote. And the rest is history. The rest is history. So yeah, even back in like 1974, they were like, we sh- we're going to make the first computer animated movie. And it took them, you know, 30 years, but, right. or sorry, 20 years, but. It's crazy to think that they were working on that, or they had the idea to start working on that well before our time, well before we were even born. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and like, they didn't have the tools then, but were just working constantly toward it i always find stories like that interesting where someone has like an idea but the tools aren't there yet and then you know eventually down the line technology advances and and they're able to do it i always find those stories uh really interesting yeah it is really interesting it's also a really uh commendable trait to to be like well these tools aren't available yet but i'm gonna you know, eventually finish this. But, like, wait, you have to wait, like, 20 years to make this one dream a reality. So I guess we should say we wanted to we wanted to have this uh, episode about Pixar because you just recently watched uh, their newest movie, Turning Red, right? Yep. So I actually hung out with my friend Mackenzie, and we watched Encanto and uh, Turning Red, like, back-to-back. Okay. I had been interested in seeing Encanto um because just, you know, people just keep talking about it. Every Google art suggested article I see is like Don't talk about Bruno is the number one song in America. We don't talk about Bruno, <laughs> no. Yeah, that song's great. So, you know, I was as a fan of animation, I was like, all right, I got to see it. And Disney Animation Studios has been on the rise for the last few years. So, like, actually producing good quality content. So, anyway, yeah. I, uh, I watched it. I was like, this is good. The animation is really beautiful. You know, it's good. And I watched Turning Red, and I was like, this is that fucking Pixar magic, dude. Like, in all, in, in every sense of the word, well, that's not the right thing. Uh, in every sense, Encanto should be better, I feel like. Because it's a more visually stunning film. Like, the animation in Canto is just absolutely gorgeous. 
But somehow, turning red, I just feel, is better. Pixar has somehow discovered this magic to uh, make characters feel so real and so, like, down-to-earth, regardless of the story that they're telling. It's, uh, they are so good. They're so good. Such good storytellers. Yeah, man, Turning Red is awesome. It's about a little girl, May, and, you know, she's she's a little feisty girl. She, you know, there's like, so I, I will, pre- I will, uh, <laughs> I will preface this with when the trailers for Turning Red are really bad, like, it's it's got that stupid NSYNC song with like, it's gonna be May, and, you know, the... <laughs> The character's name is May, so I get it, but it's like, all right. The trailers are really bad. So I was, going in, I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know about this, guys. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, about a little feisty girl growing up in the early 2000s, and there's like a bunch of references to like uh, things at that time, like boy bands, and uh, like she has a Tamagotchi that she takes care of all the time and like her her and her friends are like all about anime. Pixar's so good at getting characters right. Like her group of friends is really funny. Like her parents it's so good. Anyway, uh and you know, Turning Red, it's got that representation of not only like Asian culture, like f- you know, female Asian culture. <laughs> so that's really cool. That's really cool to see. Yeah. So I guess uh, to go back, not really to go back, but so you were telling me about Turning Red, which inspired this episode because we kind of started talking about our favorite Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. Universally, people kind of have this idea that Toy Story is the best. Number one. Yeah, so we had the idea to talk about our favorite Pixar movies that aren't Toy Story. Yep. I guess before we even do that, do you want to say like your history of watching Pixar movies or what 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 they mean to you or anything like that? What do they mean yeah, so, to you? <laughs> so I I don't have much. I think you have uh, more of an extensive history than I do. Really, the only memories I really have about uh, Pixar movies is. I don't I don't think I ever seen any of them in theaters. Okay. I would just I would go over my aunt's house and my aunt had like they they always had a lot of movies. She had this hallway and the hallway had a shelf and she had just about every like Disney or Pixar movie VHS you could think of. So a lot of a lot of those movies that I watched were borrowing from her. So that that's kind of really the only memories or or history rather that I have with Pixar movies is most of them I watched borrowing from my aunt which it's funny because that same aunt had uh one of the original VHS collections of the original trilogy oh Star Wars trilogy yeah oh nice and uh so anytime like we as a family would watch Star Wars we would borrow it from her which is kind of my start of uh my Star Wars fandom. Um so it was like the original trilogy, it wasn't the the special the the 90s uh re-release with the added special effects. No, I think they were the originals. Okay. Yeah. I um 
They might she they might have both. Cause I remember that they had two different box sets. Okay, yeah. If one was like a bluish sort of uh, three film collection, like did it have the uh, the faces on the covers? Where like one was Yoda, one was Darth Vader, one was a stormtrooper. They definitely had that one. Yeah, that's the that's the same one I had as a kid. It was owned by my brother, and I saw it at Disc Replay, like the trilogy VHS box set, and I bought it because I was like, "This is so nostalgic for me," and like, I have to have this original trilogy. And then there was a gold one, which was the re-release with the added special effects. Here we go again. We got to get to Star Wars at some point because we keep teasing it, finding a yeah, we keep finding a way to bring it up. So anyway, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have much of a of a history, uh, with Pixar. Just you know, uh, I seen most of them, borrowing them from my aunt and watching the VHSs. Cool. Yeah, I guess mine is a little more extensive. Like I'm sure, along with everyone, the first one I ever watched was uh, Toy Story. I I didn't see that in theaters. But I did see it when it came out on VHS. I do remember, like, the hype around it. It was, like, the biggest movie ever at the time. Anyway, we got the VHS, and uh, I watched that thing so much that I could probably quote the, like, I could probably recreate the first ten minutes of the film for you right now. Like, dialogue, music, sound effects. I'll just paint a picture for you, Travis, of the first 10 minutes of Toy Story. Yeah, so the movie opens with a picture of a sky, and then it you know pans down, and there's cardboard boxes that have names of buildings, like establishments that are written on them. It says, like, bank and stuff. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Potato Head is, like, brought into the shot by hand, and he's like... He's like, hold it right there. This is a stick-up. Don't anybody move. And then he says, now empty that safe. And then the piggy bank drops some coins on the ground. And uh, he kisses the money and says, hoo-hoo-hoo, money, money, money. And then Bo Peep says, stop it, stop it, you mean old potato. And then uh, he says, quiet, Bo Peep, or your sheep will get run over. And then the camera pans to a race car track, like Hot Wheels track. And the sheep are in the middle of the track. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, she says, oh, no, not my sheep. Somebody do something. And then it shows Woody on the bed, you know. The best part about Toy Story for me is, like, as an adult, is how they, the beginning is just, they have the kid holding the toy, and he's, like, moving it by himself. Like, that's just such, it's such a good detail, like. I don't know. I love that movie. Anyway, so I just quoted the first two minutes of Toy Story. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's uh, going to be somebody listening to this that's like, well, actually, Bo Peep said. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe next episode I'll just, I'll rewatch the entire Toy Story, and then I'll quote the whole thing. I'll quote the whole goddamn thing. So, yeah, uh, I love Toy Story 1. I didn't. I didn't actually care for A Bug's Life when it came out. <laughs> Oddly enough, I was more of a uh, Ants fan. The uh, Dream, Same the here. DreamWorks picture Ants. 
Which I don't know if that would be the case, because uh, I haven't watched Ants since 1999, probably. Probably don't need to. <laughs> yeah, I don't really, I I don't really <laughs> want to, honestly. <laughs> um, I did see Toy Story two in theaters. I did love it. I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one, but I have throughout the years grown to appreciate it more. It is kind of like I think anything you did after Toy Story was gonna not hit the same way but it does do a lot of really cool cool things and the animation is better in toy story 2 than in uh toy story 1 which is just a testament to their constant progress towards uh making computer animation better than it was it does have a song that little jesse sings in it that makes me cry makes me teary-eyed uh i'm always like anytime i watch that movie and that song comes on I get a little tear in my eye. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you making me cry? Anyway, yeah, so there was a period of time, though, where my sister, my older sister and my younger brother and I would go to the movie theater to see the latest Pixar movie that started with Monsters, Inc., and then, like, ran through uh, Finding Nemo, uh, The Incredibles, and uh, Ratatouille. Actually... I can tell you the exact date that we saw Finding Nemo. It was it was July 15th, 2003. The reason I can tell you this is because you know how they used to have those uh those booths at theaters where you'd sit in them and then you would get like a a drawn picture of you. Mhm. So, my sister was like, "We should do that." So, she clicked the wrong one because there was like a group one and then there was a single one. She clicked the single one. It was like, oh, man. <laughs> well, I can't like get out of it. So I guess somebody just take a picture. So my younger brother, Sean, and I decided whoever took the funniest, the funnier picture, we'd keep that one because you could like try again. Yeah. I don't know if you can see this. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a picture of me as a 12 13 year old kid with my tongue hanging out and uh my brother and i laughed for so long then she clicked the the right one and we had our little group picture but i ruined it because we were still in that goofy mode uh-huh. so i did this Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And my sister was like, why did you do that? So she took another one. Uh My parents were so mad when we got home. They're like, your sister spent $15 on pictures. You ruined them. I was like, first of all, she picked the wrong. I ruined $5 worth of pictures, okay? I mean, but you know, that now that I'm an adult, I'm like, man, that's $5, though. Anyway, so I liked all those movies. Uh, My interest in Pixar did wane over my teenage and early adult years. As it does, naturally. Right, but uh, then I kind of caught up on all of them except two. The only two I haven't seen are Luca and Onward. There's a lot of them I haven't seen. Like what? Um, (laughs) All of them? (laughs) No, there's a lot. I've only seen a handful of them. All right, let me pull up the list real quick. I've seen Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Cars, 
I've seen Ratatouille once a long time ago. Toy Story 3. I've seen Cars 2. Monsters University. I've seen the first 10 minutes of Inside Out. Mm. And that is it. That's it. I think I might have seen Toy Story 4. But if you're ready for a hot take, uh oh. I might not remember Toy Story 4 because I think all of the Toy Story sequels can take a walk. Oh. All of them. Oh, God. They all can take a walk. Travis, you son of you summon a gun. <laughs> uh are we are we just gonna get into it right now? Your beef with Toy Story? Let's just get into all it. Alright. Cause I had I have a beef I have a few different beefs with Toy Story. The first one I just told you, I think the sequels can take a walk. I don't ever care to watch them. Okay. I, I don't think they're good enough to revisit. I'd rather just watch the original Toy Story. But I'm not gonna watch the original Toy Story because of this beef I have with it. And it's it's real stupid. <laughs> Alright. Alright. So every year I look forward to the twenty five days of Christmas. Oh no. From from ABC Family, I think it's freeform now. Yeah. So I don't know when they what year it was, but a few years ago. I was looking at the TV listings for, you know, like when Frosty the Snowman was coming on. Mm-hmm. And all they were showing was Toy Story. And Toy Story is not a Christmas movie. Yeah, it only has 10 minutes at the end where it's a Christmas movie. And not even 10 minutes, maybe five. But yeah, that's uh, that's ridiculous. That's my beef with Toy Story. Since then... <laughs> I have not watched Toy Story. So Freeform is owned by ABC, I assume, still, right? Yeah, I think they just rebranded it. So, yeah, it, it was probably a thing where they were just like, we have the rights to Toy Story, it doesn't cost us any money to show it, so we're just going to show it as much as possible. It, yeah, and I'm just scrolling, I'm like, okay, when does Frosty come on? When does uh, Rudolph come on? You know... Santa Claus is coming to town. It's just Toy Story. Toy Story 2. Toy Story 3. I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, that peak, though. Let's go off in a side tangent about uh, ABC Family, 25 Days of Christmas. I don't know when that started, but in my mind, that was like 2005. From like 2005 to 2010, where it was 24 hours, they would just show Christmas things. All the time, like yes. movies, the shorts. That yes. was like top. That was peak ABC family right there. Yeah. Because they also would have like, they would make original Christmas movies for Yeah, it. they did. Yeah. Which like, obviously they're not like amazing films. They're, they're not like pushing the medium in any new direction or like creative. They're not... They're not amazing, but they're good. You know, they're comfort movies. They are... Two steps above Hallmark movies and Lifetime movies. They're probably five steps above uh, Lifetime movies. Okay. But... So, I just looked it up. So, ABC Family started 25 Days of Christmas in 1996. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. So. When they were, when they were showing just Christmas stuff, like, on a 24-hour loop, that was peak ABC Family, 25 Days of Christmas. Yeah. Because, I mean, you think back, 
you know, when you're in school, you get that Christmas break, and it's usually two mm-hmm. weeks. We would just watch 25 days of Christmas yep. nonstop. And, it, you know, it puts you in the spirit. And when you're an adult and you're trying to re kind of recapture yeah, re- that. Yeah, rekindle. And, and, yeah, you're trying to rekindle that a bit. And you look at the 25 days of Christmas lineup and all you see is Toy Story. It puts a bad taste in your mouth. Okay. I uh, I get that. So that's why I have a personal vendetta against Toy Story. And like I said, the other one is I th- I think the sequels are okay, but I, two is probably the best of them. Three I really didn't care for much. Okay, that's a hot take. Two is the be- the best sequel. That's like unanimously people are like it's the worst sequel. Listen, I it's like I told you before we started recording. I'm gonna be hated. <laughs> yeah. For, first, first, uh, my uh, my Breath of the Wild take. <laughs> Now Toy Story. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right. Uh, I'm gonna uh, trying to look up what the uh last year's 25 Days of Christmas lineup was because I want to see if they still have Toy Story in here anywhere. They used to do a 13 Days of Halloween, um, which was really cool because they would have like paranormal shows and you know. All sorts of cool stuff. But I think recently they changed it to where they just play Hocus Pocus every day, all day, every day. Yeah. The first time I watched Hocus Pocus was two years ago. The first time I watched Hocus Pocus was last year. Nice. And that's my fiance's uh, favorite. What's one of her favorite movies is Hocus Pocus. That movie's good. Uh, it is. It's, it's really good. Okay. I might have to let go of my Star uh not Star, my, uh, my Toy Story beef. Uh-oh. Because I'm looking at the 25 days of Christmas lineup for last year, and Toy Story is nowhere to be found. All right, let that beef go, okay? Freeform, they realize their blunder. They probably played like Cars three. They're like, so you so do you want to get into that? You want to you want to get into your uh, refusal to watch Cars two and Cars three? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, All right. I think Cars one is awful. It is such a bad movie. I I don't like any aspect of it at all. It's like, uh Anyway, so Cars came out when I... I think Cars came out after Ratatouille. Or maybe it was like right before. I know I was a teenager when it came out. Ratatouille came out the year after Cars. Okay, so I, I was working at Meyer at the time and would just see like shelves and shelves of display for cars and like Mm -hmm. i i wasn't watching a lot of tv then so i didn't like when i would catch it i would see like a trailer for it or whatever but i didn't know when it was releasing and this is in my years where i wasn't particularly into pixar animation so for like a good year and a half i just would see displays of car merchandise and I was like, when is this fucking movie coming out? Like, there's... All these kids have car shirts. There's, like, aisles and aisles of cars. And I don't even know when this is coming out. And then somebody was like, it's already out. And there was, like, a DVD of it. Like, during this time that I had thought it hadn't come out in theaters, it had come out in theaters and been released on DVD. So I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this. 
And I just don't think I I don't think it's good. I, there are no redeeming qualities of it to me. It has uh, Owen Wilson, which is already that's definitely a strike against it. I agree with that. It's got a strike. Thumbs down for that. It's got mm-hmm. Larry the Cable Guy. That's a thumbs down for me. Uh, I I don't think the animation is very good. I think the story is just kind of like whatever. And that's funny because it's a John Lasseter like directed. I think he wrote it too. And I'm just like, dude, you made Toy Story, and now you're making Cars. Like, so anyway, I I don't like Cars at all. I think it is like substandard Pixar animation, honestly. Um, and I watched ten, the first ten minutes of Cars two, and was like, this is not this is not it. This is not for me. Okay, I I agree that Cars 2 is terrible. And I've never seen Cars 3. I've never really cared to. But I remember, not specifics, but I remember really liking Cars when it first came out. Yeah, and then, like, they have all the sequel little short series where it's, like, planes. And, like... Yeah, none none of those are really good. Cartoons, which, like, is a good... You know, that's a good pun. But... It's a franchise that I feel like shouldn't have been extended as it was, and it's extended well beyond what I think it should have been. Do you think that Cars 2 and Cars 3 brings down the original? Do you think if it was just one standalone that it would be better regarded looking back? For me personally, maybe. I think because of just the amount of hype the original had and how much I actually didn't like it. Like, I actively disliked it. It wasn't a thing where I was just like, eh, whatever. I was like, this is bad. Like, this is... If it would have been a one-shot thing, I think it would have been... I I probably wouldn't be looking back on it with such disdain. But since it got sure. stretched out to two sequels, a spin-off movie, a, a spin-off side television series and short movies yeah I, it, you're you're definitely on to that though i think if it had been one single movie i probably wouldn't feel as strongly as i do yeah i i definitely agree with uh your own wilson take <laughs> not a fan of pretty much any of his acting <laughs> so it's funny though because i think he's fine uh in wedding crashers he's fine yeah I, okay, yeah, Wedding Crashers and... He's in another Vince Vaughn movie where they work at Google, The Interns. That movie's okay. Yeah. He was in... I liked Hall Pass, too. Yeah. But that's it. <laughs> Owen Wilson will forever be ruined for me in uh, because of Shanghai Noon, when he's like, this, this is my Kung Pao chicken. And I'm just <laughs> like... I had to watch that trailer so much as a kid that I'm just like, ruined forever because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh I just don't like it. I got a real big beef with uh cars and I don't want them to ever make another one ever again. I hope not. But yeah, I'm I'm sure more people agree with, with your beef with cars than mine with Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, man, you're always you're always on the wrong end of the stick, you know. <laughs> it, that, that's fine. You walk <laughs> I thrive there. I thrive there. You walk to the beat hey, of your what? own drum. Hey, listen. It's uh it's not it's not Pixar, but I also don't like the Lion King sequels. So oddly enough, I saw Lion King two before I saw Lion King one. I just have a lot of 
nostalgia attached to that movie. Also, hot take. Okay. Soundtrack in two is better than the soundtrack in one. It's been a while since I've seen them, so I'll, I would have to go back to rewatch them. Dude, but. dude, the opening song of two is like honestly amazing. It's like it's a similar vibe, obviously, as the beginning of one with like Circle of Life. It's like all the animals waking up, but like the song, it's like this echo, like reverb sort of sound. It's like oh oh oh. He lives in you. Oh, oh, oh. It's so good. I cannot believe how good it is. What a time, though, man. 94, 95. Lion King coming out in 94, and then Toy Story in 95. Early 90s Disney is, like, insane to me. I actually watched a documentary about uh, their uprising in the early to mid-90s, which, like, began in, like, the first part of the 80s because they they were not doing too good so they they like in the 70s 60s 70s they were spending like an ungodly amount of money on animation and the studio was like you guys gotta tone it down so then they start they started you know being cheap on animation and then eventually just the quality of pictures that they were putting out reflected that just lack of funds pretty much a lack of funds created lack of uh creativity pretty much and uh they went through a, a dark period, which they, the first movie to really bring them out of it was uh, Little Mermaid. And then you got Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, which is was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Like, not, they didn't have Best Animated Film at the time. It was amongst, like, live action movies, people were like, this is the best movie of the year, which is wild. And then you go... Aladdin, Lion King, Pocahontas, just all right in a row, which are, you know, if you ask anybody what their favorite, I'd say probably 80% of the time you're going to get one of those three, or one of those five. I will say um, I'm a bit more forgiving to the Lion King sequels than I am to the Toy Story (laughs) sequels. I've only seen two, but I haven't, yeah. Yeah, that being said, I'm still not going back to rewatch, uh. The Lion King sequels, or the Toy Story? You mean? No, no, the, I'm both of them. I'm, I'm not going. I'm, not, I'm, yeah, I'm not going back. I, like I said, I'll go back and watch. I, I guess now I can go back and watch the original Toy Story now that I can let my beef go. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. So this conversation kind of started with us talking about cereal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the conversation started with us wanting to talk about our favorite Pixar movies that aren't Toy Story. So I think we each have three, right? Oh, three? I did a five, but let's... uh. Okay, you did five. Okay, I, I, I'll just do three because I don't have that many. I, honestly, <laughs> it was hard to come up with the fifth one because they kind of all just... I'll, I'll, I'll do my five, but five is like... Whatever. Well, let's go ahead. All right, so... Three would probably be The Incredibles. Nice. Uh, two would be Finding Nemo. Okay. And my favorite, my actual number one is Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. It's the only one that I have, like, a, a memory from. Like I said, I, I actually have that memory of borrowing that and then taking it home and watching it, like, three, four times before taking it back. And I just think it's... 
I think it's the best of the bunch. That is, if you can, uh, if you can handle <laughs> Mike Wazowski. Yeah, Mike Wazowski. If you can handle uh, <laughs> about an hour and a half of that, if you can which I can. An hour and a half of Billy Crystal yelling. Yeah, if you can handle, yeah. <laughs> you know who John Goodman's in that movie? I have a secret theory that John Goodman's never been in a bad movie. I don't know if this is true or not, but like when I think of John Goodman, I think of like eight movies, and I'm like, those are all good. <laughs> and Monsters Inc. is one of them. So, all right, so uh, let's go with your five. My top five Pixar movies that don't include Toy Story or its sequels. Number five is Up. So, well, I'll explain it later. If anything, you just need to see the first ten minutes of Up, and like that's pretty much all you need to see. That's uh, just a really emotional beginning. Number four, The Incredibles. Number three, Seeing Red. Number two, Inside Out. Number one, Wally. Wally. All right, now give me your list with Toy Story in it, sequels. <laughs> <laughs> My top five Pixar movies, including Toy Stories and its sequels. Number five, <laughs> Toy Story 4. Number four, Inside Out. Number three, Wally. <laughs> Number two, Toy Story 3. <laughs> Number one, Toy Story 1. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw Toy Story 3 in theaters three times when it came out and cried every single time at the exact same parts even uh, I, the second and third time I knew they were coming I still cried uh, give me the parts that you cried at there's one right in the beginning that made me tear up where they're like uh, we've lost we've lost so many of our friends and then, I forget who says it, but they're like, yeah, like, Bo Peep. And then Woody, like, looks over to the stand, the nightstand with the sheep on it. And is like, yeah. That, that for some reason, I was like, oh, my God, that is awful. The part, obviously, where they're all going towards the incinerator. And they're like, there's no way out. And they're, they're basically just holding hands together. Just, in, you know, embracing death together as a family. I was like... This is unreal. I cannot believe they're going to kill. I mean, I knew in my heart that they weren't going to, but I was still like, this is an emotional scene. Uh, still makes me cry. And then the whole end, when Han Andy gives his toys to the little girl and is like describing all of them, that part just makes me emotional because like, like I said, when I first saw Toy Story in 95, 96, so I was... You know, I would have been around the age that Andy was, the character in the movie Toy Story. So, like, I've been there with him as he has played with these toys and, you know, had adventures. And, and also, like, as a kid, you do sort of have an attachment towards, you know, these things that you own. And especially, like, because I was the same way, I would, like, make little stories with, you know, all the action figures that I had and stuff. But him just going through and, like, telling her the importance of these and, like, eat what each character... Who each character is and what they stand for and why they're important. And then, like, he gets to Woody and it's, like, his favorite toy ever and he just can't even find... He can barely find words to express the importance of 
Woody to him. And then just him driving off. Yeah. That really broke me, man. Yeah, I get that. Because those scenes are probably the best in that movie, but it's everything in between that I don't like. I don't like I don't like the stupid fucking bear. You don't like lots of hugging bear. I don't like the Ken doll. Oh really? That's funny. I'm a I'm I'm a fan of uh obviously I'm a really big fan. Honestly though, Wall E is like top notch. Like that movie is incredible. So that that's one of them that following this episode I want to make a point to see. That and up those those two. I was actually uh looking at a list like a um this website they ranked all of the uh Pixar movies and they actually had Wall-E as number 1 and Toy Story as number 2. Wall-E is incredible like so do you know anything about it? Uh no. I'm not familiar at all. I'm just going to say that the first like 40 minutes there is zero dialogue, pretty much. Like, it's... I, maybe not 40 minutes, but I'm going to say 20 to 30 minutes. It's all about the little robot on the abandoned planet. There's nothing there with him. No humans. It, But it, the way that it conveys his feelings and emotions without the use of dialogue is astounding. Like... That movie, I didn't see that movie until, okay, so Pixar had, like, a celebration event. It was, like, the 20th anniversary of them as a company in, like, 2015, so they re-released a bunch of their movies in theaters, and my brother and I are really big into animation, so we were like, oh, let's go see a couple of those, and I had never seen WALL-E, so we went to go see that, which is funny because we went to the counter of the theater and the attendant was like, hi, how can I help you? And we were like, yeah, two for Wall-E. And she's like, ha ha, really, what do you want to see? And we're like, no, really, like, you're showing Wall-E in like 15 minutes. And she like turned around and looked at the board and was like, oh, why is it being re-released? That came out like a long time ago, right? We're like, yeah. We're like those big nerds who are like, yeah, uh. They're doing a 20th anniversary. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's really cool. And then we, then me and my brother, <laughs> me and my brother went together in the theater and just watched Wally together, which like, you know, is, is funny, is a funny image in itself. But, uh, we actually had a similar experience. This is totally off base, but it just, I just got reminded of this. We were going to go see the karate kid in theaters because they re-released it for like the 35th or 40th anniversary or something. I don't remember, but, uh, I was waiting for him in the lobby or no outside. I was waiting for him outside and these two kids came up and were like, Hey, um, can we ask you for a favor? And I'm like, just like looking at these kids, like, what do you want? (laughs) I'm trying to go see the karate kid. And they're like, we want to go see, Oh my God. They wanted to go see something. Some rated R movie. I can now remember what it was, though. They're like, we want to go see this movie, but, you know, we're not old enough to buy tickets, so could we, um, could you, like, take us into the theater? Like, we'll come, we'll... They basically need an adult super... The adult supervision. And I was apparently the adult in this situation. So I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. So then we're waiting for my brother, 
and my brother walks up and he gives me this look, this quizzical look, just like, cause you know, it's these two Arabic kids just standing next to me. They're like teenagers and we're just chatting it up. And then he walks up and I say, Hey bro, I just met our cousins at the movie theater. And, and he's like, okay. Hey cousins, it's been a long time since we've seen you. And like, the worst part is that like, we thought that was so funny, but they were just like, these guys are weird. We went to the counter. I'm like, one for Karate Kid. My brother's like, one for Karate Kid. And uh, the attendant's like, are these two with you? And I'm like, yeah, these are my cousins. She gives me a look like, yeah, right. <laughs> They're like, yeah, two for the Karate Kid. The funniest part about that is the Karate Kid showing was more expensive than the showing that they wanted to go to. <laughs> like, the Karate Kid one was like $8, and their showing was like 5 <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that until we got up to the counter. But anyway, then we bought our snacks and uh and I was like, "All right, cousins, we'll see you in the theater." And then I never saw those people ever again in my life. And uh yeah. Anyway, sorry to go off on a tangent, but that just reminded me of it. That little story of yours just unlocked another memory of mine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Another uh movie theater story. It was uh I want to say 2008 2009 whenever uh the remake of friday the 13th came out okay quick question yeah do you like that remake or are you gonna get to that in the story no i wasn't gonna get to that in the story but i like everything before the title screen okay yeah everything right before it pops up and it says uh friday the 13th okay i don't know yeah all right go ahead so anyway yes yeah, whatever year that uh friday the 13th remake came out and I remember it was on uh, right around Valentine's Day. I believe it was release night too, because it was it was crowded. So we get there. The plan was to just buy a movie for buy a ticket for whatever movie, but then just go into the Friday the Thirteenth theater because that's oh, usually what you, you could do. You little sneakies. But we we bought the tickets for whatever movie we could. We get in there and we see that they got a line to get into the actual theater and. You got to show them your ticket to get in because it was so crowded. We eventually found somebody to get the tickets for us. But then I had already spent $20 on these tickets for this other movie. So I had to pay double just to see Friday the 13th. Uh. And then I get in the theater room and we had to sit in the front row. Ugh. All the way in the front. And then I think I fell asleep. <clears throat> yeah. That's probably... uh one of my least favorite uh, movie theater experiences. You know the crazy thing about going to the movies? It's like one of those things where I never I never want to do it, but when, when I go, I have a good time. That's funny because I'm the opposite. I love going to the movies. Like, I, It actually sucks that I haven't been to the movies in such a long time. Like, I've been sparingly in the last two years, you know, through pandemic. But sure. like, for example, I used to have this subscription where uh, you could see three movies in a month and it was like 20 bucks. So like once you saw two movies, you know, it was totally worth it. So as long as you saw two movies in a month, like it paid for itself, but then you could go see, you know, more than that. Or maybe, maybe it was a month. I don't remember. So, um, no, it was a week. Wasn't it? Go ahead and tell your story. I'm gonna look this up. No, I I wanted to ask you a question. Are you uh are you the guy who goes when you go to MJR? Do you clap at the, uh, yes. the theme song? Yes. Okay. I am. 
I, I uh no shame. I don't even... Okay. I I used to not be. I used to I used to look down on the people who clap. Then then uh you know, you grow up and you let that uh childish way of thinking go and then start clapping. I think the first time I clapped was at the dollar show that they had over there, uh was it Lincoln Park? Yeah, or Allen Park. Yep. Allen Park. They tore that down, didn't they? Yep. That's Made sad. me sad. It was closed for a couple of years beforehand, but yeah, that's where I saw a lot of uh, a lot of movies, like especially Pixar movies. I saw a lot of those at the Dollar Show. For the people listening, uh, close to where we grew up, there used to be this uh, movie theater where they would show movies pretty much like right before they came out on DVD. Yep. Or as they were coming out to DVD, you'd be able to go, and it was a dollar fifty. Yeah, I think special like matinee prices were like a dollar fifty, but usually it was just a dollar. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was a great theater. I mean, the theater itself was not great because like the floors were always sticky and the bathroom smelled, and mm-hmm. but it was kind of like a smaller theater, so it felt more intimate. I think. Yeah, and and also you're paying a dollar to get in there. What are you expecting? Uh, yeah, that was the other thing too. Man, I remember this one time because my parents used to like find ways to like get us out of the house. I have five siblings, so like there were six of us in the house together, and my parents were just like, "I need these fucking kids to get out of here for some time." So like my parents would regularly send us like to just be like, "Here's some money, go see a movie." So a lot of times we would just go to the dollar show, obviously. One time, my parents were like, here's some money, go see Elmo and Grouchland. Mind you, like, I think I was like 12, so my younger brother was 9, my two older brothers who went, one was 17, 18, and the other one was like 40, or like 30. So, we were like, none of us were in the age group that this movie should have been in, or that this movie was uh, geared towards. My dad's like, here's his money. Go see Elmo and Grouchland. My dad didn't go with us, right? He stayed home. We went to the theater and saw Elmo and Grouchland. Why did you not just see something else? I don't know. I don't know why we didn't do that. We Because <laughs> how would your parents know? It's not like you're going to go home and invite. Or it's not like they said, all right, you got to bring, uh, bring the, uh, yeah, the, the stub back so we can check. I don't know why we didn't. I. I think we were just so fearful that for some, like, he would know. Sure. That we were just like, we better just go see it. So, we, well, I, I have zero recollection of that movie at all. I, I, my old, two older brothers fell asleep during it. And my younger brother, Sean, was just like, this is horrible. Why did we see this? And then, uh, the next time we went to go see a movie where my dad was like, here, go see How the Grinch Stole Christmas. My oldest brother and, my youngers, my younger brother Sean, they were like, "All right." They went to go see it, and my older brother John and I were like, "We're gonna go see Dude, Where's My Car?" <laughs> so, so we did. <laughs> yeah, man. Looking back, you guys probably should have just went and seen The Grinch. <laughs> I uh, just recently watched for the first time all the way through the film adaptation of uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's all right. Really? Yeah. I, I'm not a big yeah. fan of the animated one either, honestly. So, to me, it... Boy, this this podcast is going to get real rough in December. <laughs> so, like, I like it, but I don't really like it. I, I think the music is cool, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of not, like, a big... I'm not big into Dr. Seuss anyway. Like, I think a lot of his, the shorts are kind of mostly terrible. 
specifically the Lorax, but uh, I'm not a Doctor Seuss fan either. But I always separate the Grinch from that. Uh, I've I've always enjoyed the Grinch. There was a period um when I was younger where I didn't like the Grinch, the um the Jim Carrey one. Uh-huh. And it, it's another stupid reason why. I remember going to the movie store and renting it and then took it home. I was really excited to watch it and then you know we sat down as a family to watch it that night and we turned that movie on and I just get the biggest migraine out of nowhere cuz I got migraines as a kid. Mhm. Uh-huh. So there were a few years where I was just like, I didn't watch it. And then when I finally did uh, watch it, I watch it every year at Christmas. That and Elf. Like, gotta watch those every year. Yeah, especially uh... since Especially since, you know, they were showing Toy Story during 25 Days of Christmas. <laughs> the beef comes back, baby. Yeah. Uh, so that... The, the, wound, the wound is still sore. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh... The... AMC uh, is not called AMC Plus. It's called AMC A-List. You, you can see three okay. movies every week. So it's 20 bucks a month. As long as you see two movies a month, it pays for itself. Yeah. I don't think there's... There's not that many movies, at least for me, that come out that I want to... That I'm clamoring to go see in the theater. So eventually that's what happened to me. But for like a solid year... I was like seeing movies on the regs, uh, using that. So, yeah, I'm a person that likes to go to the movies. Like actively, is like, I'm gonna go to the movies. Yeah, like I said, I I enjoy myself when I go because I mean, if nothing else, if I'm not enjoying the movie, I can get a good nap in. <clears throat> Especially with those new theaters that got the recliners. Dude, once you go to one of them, you can't go back to like a regular theater. That was you, you can't. That was the thing that ruined that dollar theater was uh all the new the new fa- those newfangled theaters got the uh the comfortable chairs and then once yeah. you went back to the dollar show, you're like this is horrible. I feel like I'm going to die. I think I think the first movie that I seen in one of those theaters was Rogue One. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I can't believe you didn't fall asleep. I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I had to go back and see it again because I did. I fell asleep. <laughs> man, I fell asleep. The only movie I can remember really falling asleep in was Despicable Me 2. Those movies are really good. <laughs> I like the first one. The second one I've like watched again after I fell asleep in the theater and I was like, eh, that's alright. The funniest part about that was my girlfriend at the time, I like fell asleep and she's like, Did you fall asleep? And I'm like, No. And then I like turned away from her like this so she wouldn't see me and then I fell asleep. I said, I'm sorry. But she was mad. But anyway, I fell asleep during it. So uh what the heck was this episode about? Oh yeah, Pixar movies. Yeah, you know, I really enjoy how we uh we naturally found not necessarily a second topic because it was kind of ex- an extension of what we were already talking about. <laughs> Before the episode, we were talking about like, man, do we need a do we need a second topic? And I kind of figured we would just naturally lead in, lead into something else, and it just happened to be uh movie theaters. Yeah. I'm a fan. I uh actually want to go see 
I have the day off today, and I'm debating whether or not I want to go see that new Sonic the Hedgehog movie because uh, the first one is uh, the first one is good in the sense that like I had zero expectations of it being good and was like, hmm, that's all right. And the second one, everybody's making a big deal about. So uh, I haven't seen the first one yet. I don't I mean the first one is all right. It's like it's like if someone is like, hey, I'm gonna. I'm going to give you this shitty Brussels sprout sandwich. And you're like, well, that sounds horrible. And then they give you like a bologna sandwich. You're like, all right, th- you know, that that was better than the other thing. But uh, <laughs> it's digestible. <laughs> right. All right. Well, um, we've been going for a while. We haven't taken a break. Do you want to? Take a break, and then we can come back and get into our recommendations? Yeah, sure. All right. All right, and we're back. We're back. We're back. So, we are at the portion of the show where we are going to be doing some random recommendations. Okay, hold on a second. Uh, this thought just popped into my head. Uh, I, I just unlocked something. the The trailers for Toy Story Two when they were when it was coming out in theaters had that one song by uh, Thin Lizzy. The boys are back in town. Except it was the toys are back in town. And uh, when you said we're back, I should have said. The boys are back in town. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Thin Lizzy. The boys are back in town. Well, I can't believe I knew that band. Okay, anyway. The boys are back in town, but, uh, y'all. Because that, that just caused um, a memory of mine to unlock. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know that song? We're just like, hold up. We them boys. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We them boys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a a video years ago I seen where it was about Toy Story. And it was just like, hold up. We them toys. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, man. But look. We them boys. Yeah, we're- <laughs> and the boys are back in town. Okay. Yeah, the boys are back in town. So, yeah. And we're, we're here. The, we're here to recommend the... stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, we're here to do our our random recommendations. But much like episode one, they're not so random. They're not. They are. Uh, they're tied to this episode. Yeah. So we decided uh, since we we spent so much talk, so much time talking about the Pixar movies that our recommendations would be some of our favorite animated movies that aren't Pixar. Yep. All right. So, I guess I'll uh I'll start off. Well, um who do you do, want to start? Do we have two? I have two. Okay, cool. Um uh, yeah, go ahead then. All right. So, the first one is Moana. The Moana? I think it's Moana. Moana. Yeah, it is Moana. Okay, I've I've seen it enough times I should know. It is Moana is funny though. Moana. Okay. Moana. Moana. 
is Where is she from? Tatanui or something? That's a Star Wars planet. <laughs> no, that's Tatooine, right? Yeah, Tatooine. Yeah, okay. I have no idea the name of uh her home Matsunui? island. Matsunui? That's it, yeah, something like that. Damn, what's the name of the island where the heart was stolen from? I'm looking up the plot right now. Tefiti. Yeah, on, on the Polynesian island of Matanui, they they worship the goddess of nature, Tefiti. They arrive to Te, at Tefiti Island and are attacked by Taka. Man, that okay, that movie I that movie is wonderful, but uh go ahead with your recommendation of it. So I just seen Moana for the first time a few weeks ago. Oh, it was only a few weeks ago? It's only a few weeks ago. Maybe a few months ago. Right? Like a month. Recently. Okay. <laughs> and I've probably seen it over a hundred times since. Well, yeah, you have a, a small, small child. Yeah, I'm not like sitting down and actually watching it. And it's not playing through all the time. But my daughter really enjoys the singing portions, which there are a lot. And you know what? I enjoy them too, because all the songs in Moana are bangers. They slap, bro. They they slap. <laughs> I enjoy the songs, them all. They're all the really are really some good. Slappers. Yeah, I'm gonna start saying that. This is a slapper, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I have one very very tiny nerdy nitpick. All right. And it is when she first gets to the island where Maui is, <laughs> and he grabs the uh, he what is it called the oar? Maui has the really bad line where he thinks that she wants his autograph, so he grabs the bird and he says, "Rewrite with the bird. It's called tweeting." And I just, I hate that. That one little line. I hate it. You take that out of the movie, and it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it's really cheesy. I, I honestly do hate when uh movies... It depends on the reference, because I think a lot of uh things are... Obviously, like, when something comes out, uh they need to be, you know, timely. So I think a lot of jokes are designed with the time frame, the time period that mm-hmm. they're in in mind. But, like... yeah. There's there's a point where you uh you cross a line of just like cheesy jokes are fine but like cringe when you cross the line there's no going back. Yeah. But other than that, I think you you uh you expressed to me a few weeks ago you had a little nerdy nitpick about uh Moana yourself. I do. Um I I want to say that I saw it in theaters like when it released and loved okay. it. Like Great music, great plot, great voice acting. Animation is wonderful. The chicken sidekick is not my favorite. I honestly wish that the little pig would have been the sidekick. Because I think that pig is so adorable and just cool looking and really expressive. And the chicken is just like, it feels like something tacked on for additional laughs. And I think that Maui is enough of uh, brings enough comedy to it to to justify his exclusion the chicken's exclusion from the movie 
but yeah. I don't mind Hey Hey. I actually like him. I don't. So if you if you make the pig her companion on the journey, you lose that little part where the pig runs up to her when she finally gets back home. Mm, I guess so. Which, I mean, that's probably not a big loss, but it's something. Anyway, you should definitely go watch Moana. Yeah, Moana is great. Okay, so my first recommendation is a Studio Ghibli movie. For the longest time, I said Studio Ghibli. Uh, it's spelled with a G, and it's kind of reminiscent of the GIF, GIF debate. So anyway, that's that's something I learned recently that I was pronouncing it wrong my whole entire life. Anyway, uh, Studio Ghibli is an animation studio based in Japan. Uh, their most famous, their most famous artist is Hayao Miyazaki, and he is pretty much revered in the industry. Like people in America, like artists in America, really look up to him. A lot of his work is just incredible. Anyway, they released a film in 1988 called My Neighbor Totoro, which is about two young girls who move into a new house, and they find that the tree next to their home houses a giant, furry, bear-like creature named Totoro, who uh, only children can see. And uh, honestly, so I, I've showed a couple of people this movie as adults that hadn't seen it as children, and they're like, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> because it kind of is, there's not really like a plot per se. It's kind of just like about the life of these two children who meet this extraordinary creature. I think I just have such an emotional attachment to it. Uh, my so. It, it's obviously a Japanese movie, but they made an English dub of it. Uh, Fox did in the early 90s. And my younger brother and I would go to Hollywood Video and rent movies a lot. We probably rented that movie at least 50 times and watched it over and over again. So there's a really strong sense of uh, nostalgia and attachment to it. That I think it's a good movie regardless. But I don't know, if I would have seen it at an older age, I don't know if it would have stuck with me as much. That being said, though, I think it is wonderful. The animation is great. It's all hand-drawn 2D animation, and, you know, it looks absolutely incredible. I think it does have a nice message about family, and, you know, just has this sort of childlike sense of wonder that I think is a nice... It's just nice, so... That's my first uh, recommendation. All right. So my second one is Monster House. Monster House. Monster House. Uh, Monster House was released in 2006 by Sony Pictures. So the thing with this is depending on what day you ask me, it, it could be my favorite animated movie of all time. It just checks so many boxes for me. So like we talked about, in episode two, I, I, I'm pretty much a huge fan of anything horror or horror-related. anything, And really, anything, if it's centered around Halloween, it's like I'm really into it. It's my favorite holiday. And the other thing I really like is anything with like a haunted house, scary house, anything like that. This movie checks all those boxes. 
Haunted House and Halloween. It, it checks them all. Nice. Yeah, um, that's funny that it kind of changes, like your stance on it changes, because mine changes, but in a more, uh, in a different way. I go through periods where I'm like, that movie's good. And then I watch it again, and I'm like, that movie's not good. And then I'll watch it again, and I'm like, that movie's good. Every time I watch it, I have a different opinion on it. I don't understand what the deal is. Yeah, so just to give a brief description. So the story is essentially about three friends who believe that the house across the street is a living creature that means to harm them, and the parents who, of course, don't believe them. Like I said, it it, it checks so many boxes for me. I think my opinion on it, it wavers in that I don't watch it all that often. Yeah, so I should point out that I'm not watching this movie, like, very often. But, like, when it first came out, I saw it and was like, I like this. And then I saw it again and was like, I don't like it. So there was, like, a year, two-year period where my opinion on it changed drastically. Like, four times. So so I probably, I probably seen it, like, right around the time it came out and really liked it. And then it just kind of... You know, I forgot it existed until it popped up on a streaming service a few years ago, and then I rewatched it myself, and then I rewatched it with my fiance a few years ago around Halloween. Like I said, it is just everything that I enjoy; it, it it's present there. But like I said, um, <laughs> any given day, it could it could not be my favorite because I I watched something else recently or rewatch something recently that I enjoy more or I think I might enjoy more but anytime I watch it I'm like oh no this is my favorite one that's cool yeah it does check off a lot of boxes for things you're interested in so it makes makes sense because there aren't too many animated films out there at least to my knowledge that I like centered around something being haunted or scary I don't know maybe I'm I'm just oblivious to them but I I don't know I will I I will suggest, uh, I think I sent this to you, Mm -hmm. Uh, but Paranorman is one you should check out. Uh, Coraline also, by the same company, is uh, another, it's not like based in Halloween, but it is kind of creepy, so. Alright, so what is your, what's your next recommendation? Another Studio Ghibli movie called Princess Mononoke. Okay. This movie came out in 1997 in Japan. In 1999 in America, is basically about this this soldier. This movie takes place a long time ago. the 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 setting is like what I read was like 1336 to like 1570 Japan or something like that. This soldier touches this uh infected boar because the creatures of the forest are becoming infected with like this slimy disease thing and he touches it with his arm and it like leaves this like dark mark and all the people are like you gotta go to like this the forest spirit and like get cleansed of it pretty much otherwise you're gonna it's gonna spread throughout your body and you're gonna die so he makes this journey and along the way he finds this town called iron town which is like cutting down mass amounts of the forest to use for, like, their industry, pretty much, their uh, economy. And there's this human girl who rides a white wolf who attacks their town a lot, or the, and their people, because she doesn't want them to uh, destroy the forest. There is so much blood in this movie. 
I saw this in like 2000, like as a kid, and was blown away by how violent it was. Like in the first scene, the guy, the infected uh, soldier, he goes to like shoot his arrow, and the infected arm takes over and like directs his arm to like shoot the arrow at this guy's head, and his head explodes pretty much (laughs) because because like this. Uh, infected portion of his body has like a mind of its own and is like powerful. But yeah, it's a really great, obviously the animation is spectacular. The story in itself is great. It You know, it deals with humans' impact on nature and how our civilized societies that benefit us a lot take a lot away from the planet. And, you know, we're destroying the planet for our own uh, comfort. Yeah, there's a really deep message in there, and uh, very violent. It's it's great. It, it to me now it is kind of overhyped because uh, like I think that was the first Studio Ghibli movie that a lot of people became aware of, and uh, which is funny because I so I saw My Neighbor Totoro first, um, and didn't realize that the two were related at all. And then I saw this, and then years later realized they they were made by the same company, and you know was like, "Whoa, wow, that's cool." So yeah, I definitely recommend uh, Princess Mononoke. My picks were basically like, "Do you like kid stuff, or do you like adult stuff? Do you like blood?" Yeah, I was just gonna say, um, <laughs> for anybody still listening, <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to two adult men nerd out about movies meant for children. Yeah, right right at the very end I hit you with a uh a movie aimed towards adults. So, yeah. <laughs> but there you have it. Those are our recommendations. Yay. I think uh I think that's it. All right. Thank you for making it to the end of the show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, feel free to tweet us how you've been nerding out at Nerds Collide Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And remember, the term nerd is rated E for everyone. Find your passion, embrace it, and be the nerd that you are. Bye-bye!